The following program is rated AO and is recommended for adults only. It contains heaps of sex and violence. Tissues or tube socks are advised. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away. Let me speak for the love of Look out, Ben. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you primed? Are you lubed? Are you, I don't know. I am erect. <laughs> yes. That's the good, that's the best way to start this show. It, it'll get, certainly, it doesn't ever get any better than that. Well, you know what Tom Jones says. That's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> We're always starting the show in that position. What are we doing? G'day, folks. You've stumbled onto the particularly sexy episode of Good Movie Monday. My name's Glenn Cocker, and the other guy's Ben Helwig. I haven't got any cute name for you. This Think, week? No. This is the week I should. Yeah. Oh, anyway. But this yeah. episode is the reason we have a big fat desk between us, right? <laughs> we can <could> still... Uh, <laughs> if the mood is right, we can still we can still cross the streams. We can still, <laughs> we can still touch swords. What... <laughs> What is it they say if you um crack a fat under a desk and no one sees the fat? Do you crack a fat at all? Is that how it goes? I don't know. I've seen all the right moves. You just <laughs> you lift the desk up with it. <laughs> God, I have no idea how he did that. He had all the right moves. He had. All, he did have all the right moves. Was it Tom Cruise? It was. It was one of the other guys in the movie. I think. Yeah. How are you, Ben? I'm. <laughs> I'm good. What's going on? Anything new in your life? Tried to hard to think. I mean, you know, I can't. Uh, I've been on holiday this week. I know. So no pants. It's been it's been no pants on any day ending with D A Y. <laughs> so it's been how, how many times have you dragged that one out? No, this is the first time I've talk, I'm talking to anyone <laughs> this week. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I haven't uh, I haven't spoken to anyone. It's been great. I, I'm tempted, very tempted, to go in, uh, call in this morning and just go. Look, can I take another week? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed that. I don't feel like doing it. Like one week's not enough. It never is. No. no and I like I owed like long service leave and stuff. I just don't have. I have no money, <laughs> and I have nothing to do. Mm. So I feel like it's just a waste. Yeah. To take it, but I, but come on, like you've had the this is the perfect week to prepare for the erotic thrillers episode. Yeah, I did not watch a single erotic thriller. Fuck in sake. prep, I watch. I <laughs> I scanned through one. <laughs> And while watching it, I was like, this one's boring as shit. Uh, <laughs> so the, the, the thing is it's like... A, it's a Zelman King one. Yeah, I did, uh, I did that too. Well, actually, it, I, I, t- I tell a lie. He only wrote this one. Mm. He didn't direct it. Yeah, I think I might um, know what that one is, but um, we, we can get to that. We can but. get to that. But uh, I did. I kind of like... <clears throat> it was one... I remember watching the trailer for it as a particularly horny teenager <laughs> yeah. and just dreaming of being able to convince my parents to let me hire it from the video store, which never happened. So I never saw it. And it was a, the cover of the VHS had a, like a flip cover, mm-hmm. um, like a fancy flip cover. And um, that made it even more attractive. I think there's going to be a lot of teenage <laughs> re- <laughs> reflections. Yeah. <or> erections. <laughs> <laughs> Eruptions. <laughs> uh, and so I look, I, I had downloaded it. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh, I've just got to, 
I just scanned through it, and because there was the, there was a couple of kind of scenes in it that were big in the trailer, I'm like, I need to see these. These look great, and then I watch them, and it's all, you know, soft focus, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> lots of intense staring at each other, like mm. the, two, the the two actors just you know, lots stared. of curtains too, and yeah, and it was just <laughs> like this is not the fun and excitement of a. Of an of a of a night eyes or a so this um this this episode came together fairly quickly because in the days leading up to this the uh the original focus sort of fell away because our guest dropped out and so I said to Ben, mate, we're gonna have to do a different show. What do you recommend? And like a spud out of a gun, you were like erotic thrillers. <laughs> well, because at Monster Fest we played We Kill for Love, the erotic thriller documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, surely I can get this guy. I can get him. I was secretly trying to. My plan was to just drop it on your lap today and go, I've got an interview. <laughs> oh, there we go. That would have been amazing. He's the director of We Kill for Love. Hmm. But my email received zero response. <laughs> no, like, well, no love. <laughs> I hope they don't get back to me now because what the fuck am I going to do with it? If he, if he, like, there's like, oh, yeah. Sorry, mate. We did the erotic uh, well, thriller. Well, just do it on video and I'll post it on socials. That's what will happen. I can't do it on video. I don't want to do it on video. <laughs> he'll see you've got no pants on. He'll, he certainly will and he'll, you know... <laughs> It just won't. It won't. It just that I'm just a head on a box. <laughs> so like, that's what that's what we're doing. Erotic thrillers. That's the uh, flavor of the week. And um, this is a subject that I know for myself. My teenage me will know more about this subject than I actually do because I don't really watch these. So, well, the, look. The I mean, erotic thrillers were basically the successor to the '80s teen sex comedies. Kinda, yeah. Like they, like you know, and that's and that's how it goes in. In cinema, like fads come and go, mm. and it was all eighties teen sex comedies, and like then there's a shift in the nineties, and then they became like thrillers. Well, I almost feel like I mean it's a carry on as well from sort of the De Palma seventies sort of stuff, but also I think it's a way video stores could get some sexy stuff onto the shelves without being illegal. Yeah. Oh, look. Well, not so not so illegal. But like Blockbuster was the big one that mm. had the mm-hmm. you know we're a family store, we don't carry any. Mm-hmm. Any porn, yep. Even the R-rated, yep. cut stuff, but they had a massive erotic thriller section. <laughs> Damn straight. But they also they had did. the teen sex comedies and stuff. It was just, I think, with um, uh, like Fatal Attraction was like a big, a big deal, and then you know, kind of things like Shattered and Basic Instinct, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. you know, set up that genre. And there was because remember when like remember when American Pie uh, first came out? Sure do. It was like oh my god, I haven't seen a comedy like this since Porky's. This is yeah, in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like that's because those those teen sex comedies had disappeared and mm-hmm. been replaced by the erotic thriller. Yeah. And now it's yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Has I guess De Palma kind of tried again with Femme Fatales and stuff with yeah. a, like another kind of erotic thrillery type thing, but I can't think of any. No, the, the, the genre the genre did fall away. You have had a few that have come in the past, like some uh, Tubi exclusives or some Netflix yeah. exclusives, and but now I feel like you can just be, they can just be erotic. Like you can have Blue is the warmest well, color. They can be yes. dramas. See, they this don't is the thing. Be... This is the thing, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a bit. But that's the thing. In prep for this, you know, I went down that rabbit hole of what can I choose for a recommendation? What can I watch to talk about? 
And I chose all these films and I started watching a few and I'm like, hang on, these are not thrillers. They're just dramas. Like, yeah. hang on, Two Moon Junction, that's not a thriller at all. You know, yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Is he... Yeah, you know what I mean though? Is like, he dangerous? <laughs> is, uh, it's very um, funny, tenuous. Funny, yeah, it's very there. tenuous. But funny that you should mention that film because I was looking at it and for some reason I was looking for the trailer on YouTube but the Richard uh, Richard Tyson? Yeah, yeah. Richard Tyson... What actually came up, like the second video down, was the three o'clock high fight bully scene. Well, let's him. talk about that in a bit because he was actually cast in Two Moon Junction based on that film. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, before we you know kick on, would you like to do the obligatories this week? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> obligatories. Can I, can I can I see the? Uh... <laughs> Tell, us, see the notes? tell people where to find us. <laughs> I haven't got the notes. That's why I'm throwing it That's to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good movie Monday, like all good podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on on uh, any all the podcast streaming studios. You can find us on all social media networks, including I think even X. Right? Oh yeah, we're on X. We're on X. Are we on uh, uh, <laughs> Threads? Threads? Oh, technically yes. <laughs> Do we post on Threads? No. no. I mean, I thought, that's the I just, perfect episode for it. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought threads just uh, no, that would be the post-apocalyptic uh, episode. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, X is the, the real. Oh, with X, yeah, X, <laughs> X, definitely. I just thought they leached all your stuff from Instagram and Facebook because it isn't owned by the same. Well, I mean, that's people. kind of what's happening here. Is that um, like our our X slash Twitter account is basically just um, the podcast each week drops automatically. Yeah. We don't go and post actual content. Facebook is where it's at for. Do our you followers. check the comments? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's Facebook is where we get the comments, you know, because yeah. we actually have an actual page there as well as, you know, spin-offs. And you can also go to goodmoviemonday.com. Bam, exactly. That's that's the hub. That's where you find that's everything. Where you find everything, including yeah. <laughs> our Spotify, uh, links to our Spotify yep. playlist and my KFC diaries. <laughs> yes. So welcome to the newbies if you can listening. Find it. Welcome to those newbies listening because we do have a Spotify playlist because we play music on every episode. Two songs, we've got some bangers coming up. Looking forward to that. Me too. Uh, yeah, you're looking forward to it, but I don't think it's what you what you want. Well, I expect. No, well, I did say beforehand. I just want it all to be the the uh, the saxophone guy from the Lost Boys, <laughs> <laughs> greased up a greased up Bret Hart playing the uh, saxophone. If the this saxophone. was a if this was a vodcast, he'd be in the corner right now. Yeah. The entire <laughs> episode. I don't like. I don't know if if uh, if listeners uh, saw your social media uh, over the Halloween week, and you've just got yourself a. A lovely giant uh, witch from Snow White statue in you. For me, if it was me, I would have that guy from Lost Boys. He would be my <laughs> Halloween decoration in the corner. Just that greasy, long, greasy ponytail and the pink crop toppy uh, tank top thing and the saxophone just letting it wave. Is he still alive? We should get him on the show. I think he is still around. Yeah. I think he just basically, that's all he does. He should now. do He's conventions. Like, yeah, as a, a saxophone guy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also coming up, we have the usuals. Jarrett Gunn from Monster Pictures will be here in just a moment to talk about this week's new release stuff. And the Bonehead Weekly guys um, from Kentucky will spend five minutes doing their Kentucky Twang movie talk, talking about erotic thrillers of all Kentucky things. Kentucky Twang. Kentucky Twang. And we're also going to open up the mic to everyone and let them have a say on erotic thrillers. We put the question out to Facebook and people have responded this week, Ben. It's a good thing. It's uh, great. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add before I drag Jared into this whole thing? No. <laughs> I should never ask that. No. It's the same answer every time. Yeah, I'm not unprepared <laughs> for that question. Now, Jared, before we uh, jump into your whole little segment here, uh, hi, by the way, um, 
last Thursday, the Ghostbusters trailer dropped. Wondering what you think. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually excited because it, it feels like we're finally going to break new ground with the mm. franchise. We're not just sort of aping what we did last or anything like that nature. Yeah, I was really, I was really surprised. I didn't even realize until the teaser dropped that this installment was called Frozen Empire either, which is a fucking cool name. It's like it is. way out there. You know, it, it feels like more akin to the, you know, the sequel <laughs> titles we got in the eighties. Yeah, because they'd been teasing. Um, was it um, Firehouse? I think was the teaser name. Yeah, that's right. That was the working yeah. title. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see the. The, the title ahead of what I really enjoyed the look of this one the trailer that is like it has like a Coney Island feel to it as well a bit of like day after tomorrow creeping in there and and the original Ghostbusters are along for the ride apparently yeah well I saw Annie Potts Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson and so Bill Murray? I think the only is Bill Murray okay yeah because they didn't yeah that's that's interesting yeah because uh, obviously yeah they, you know Bill Murray has been quite topical recently so I mean he, well his name he was, was his if name he wants was to out, do it you know? name was left out of like the youtube you know of course, list, the, but he's in the yeah. fucking trailer yeah so. he's a, yeah exactly exactly no so no interesting yeah, i'm looking forward to it and it's a new director too i know that jason reitman's co-written it with gil yeah. keenan but gil keenan's directing and gil keenan's had a pretty good filmography of things yeah. so i'm monster pleasantly house. <laughs> yeah monster house which was awesome exactly and, uh, uh, yeah is, yeah i'm is, excited uh, is bob gunton gonna return as uh <laughs> Harold Ramis. <laughs> Harold Ramis. <laughs> I think they they tied that up nicely with Afterlife, so I think you know we can we can move ahead with that. <laughs> they might have someone that comes in and plays Bob Gunton. <laughs> now that would be meta. <laughs> Just as long as they don't have anyone coming in playing Melissa McCarthy and, and <laughs> the rest of the crew, I think I think everyone will be happy. It's the Stay Puff Girl. <laughs> now we've just got to wait another four months or so because it's not coming out till March twenty eighth. So it's yep. we've got a while ahead of us. All right, let's crack amazing. on. Assuming that right. there's no the strike ends and they it can has ended city and. Uh... It has ended? Yep. As of Thursday at around about noon, it ended. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people can just... publicize things again. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> just just yeah. in time for uh, Wonka and maybe even uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> they might let the cast do some talking. I mean, but who really wants to hear from the cast? I only want to hear from Eli Roth, really, with regards to that one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But um, and you guys are off to see that this week. Uh, are we? Yes, I think. Yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, I think you guys are off to see it Wednesday. I can't go because I'm going to be uh, at a stand-up comedy show a friend wrote me into. It's at the Palais and I've never heard of them. But yeah, look, you know, they've got to be big if they're playing the Palais. <laughs> Car park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. It's like a busker set sort of thing. <laughs> but anyway, home entertainment this yes. week, gentlemen. Well, the headlining title is a title that you both enjoyed theatrically and no doubt are anticipating... Uh, for the home entertainment release, it's Gran Turismo, and that's coming out on 4K Blu-ray and DVD. However, lately the 4Ks and the Blu-rays have been sharing a Dolby Atmos track. Not the case with this release. If you do want that Atmos, you're going to have to pick up the 4K. But by the looks of it, you'd want this film on 4K. It looks like a film that's really going to show off 4K, both visually and orally. Are they doing a 4K yeah. pack with the Blu-ray inside? Just... Yeah, Sony's no. Sony's really good about still keeping the Blu-ray component with theirs, whereas other studios are a bit hit and miss. I noticed that Roadshow with some of their Warner releases, like the DC stuff, 
they don't say that it's got the Blu-ray. It just says 4K, like they did it with Black Adam, The Flash, and another one of those movies that no one gives a shit about mm -hmm. recently. Uh, but they actually did have the Blu-ray inside the case as well, just not advertised. I think they're slowly weaning people off. Yeah. So they don't, and they get surprised. And then when it's not there, they're like, well, we didn't advertise it. You just got a free ride for a couple releases. But yeah, that one's got some special features on it. It's got five featurettes and some deleted scenes. So no commentary track, unfortunately, which would have been interesting given uh, it's your close uh, friend from <laughs> college, Glenn, Neil Blumkamp. And yeah. it would have been nice to hear him talk about having directed something that's really quite different to, you know, his well, yeah, previous because body of work. I've, I've seen lots of featurettes about this one and the technology he he deployed to to shoot it because it's a lot different to what's been done before so i would have thought it would make a great commentary i guess they're just gonna throw those features onto the disc and you That's get it, it that way featurettes yeah absolutely so yeah that one's coming out this week uh then from universal we've got another one of your favorites from the year glenn Asteroid City. Wes Anderson's Asteroid City is getting <laughs> Blu-ray and DVD. I, I recently had a friend go and see this theatrically and I thought, God, why are you going to see it in cinemas now when it's like it's been out for however long? Probably not a kind word has really been said about it. Uh, and they went and said and they go, yeah, didn't dig it. And uh, it was obvious within the first five minutes I wasn't going to enjoy it. And I sat through the entire thing, and now I think it might be the last Wes Anderson film I ever watch. <laughs> yeah. And they said, but it wasn't like... as bad as The French Dispatch. And I'm like, oh, well, there's that. See, I, I, I preferred The French Dispatch, but his films are just morphing into the same shit, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I mean, you go back to the great ones, you know, at the beginning. Mm. The Holy Trinity. They, there is nothing. There's no, they're not comparable anymore. No, that's because there's no Owen Wilson. Like, Owen Wilson has to do one or two things. Either he has to start talking to that child of his that he's never spoken to, that was proven uh, by a paternity test to be his, his daughter, or he needs to go back and co-write films with Wes Anderson again. He's got those two options. It's an ultimatum, <laughs> do one or the other. Otherwise, your career's over, mate. <laughs> I feel like the best part of Wes Anderson's writing was Owen Wilson, because yeah. the minute he left... We got, you know, the, what was it? The Life Aquatic, which was okay. And then it it's, was sort of a it's downward just now like spiral 100%, from there. It's 100% quirk now. There's no substance. Yeah. yeah. No, I can get that on TikTok watching like a 15 second video. I don't need to watch 115 minutes of it. So I'm sorry, Mr. Anderson, until uh, you find a, a, a capable uh, other screenwriter because Roman Coppola obviously wasn't a great decision. Uh, but anyway, so Asteroid City out this week on Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> it's got four featurettes on it uh no nothing else and i don't think it really needs anything else but who knows probably criterion are going to release an edition down the track on 4k <laughs> uh with a director approved transfer which is kind of nonsense in this day and age i feel like if you've just directed a film that's hit home entertainment and uh, it's getting reissued within six to 12 months with a director approved transfer you're like what went wrong the first time around <laughs> uh, but anyway uh, then some studio canal releases this week these ones are great because they include ghost dog way of the samurai which we played at monster fest the new 4k restoration now this is an unusual one because studio canal are releasing the 4k but it does actually come bundled with the blu-ray and i'm guessing it's because all the special feature content is on the blu-ray discs but even then it's a bit of a rarity for them because of late they've just been giving you the 4K. But in this instance, you can get the local release for like 30 bucks and it's going to have everything the UK release does. It's all archival material, but it is good material. And I think for once, that might be the first time some of those special features have made it 
to a local release as well because i don't even think the madman release of ghost dog had all the special feature content and it does look magnificent the other two titles coming out from studio canal are the others which unfortunately is just 4k no blu-ray component and i'm not 100 certain if all the special features are on the 4k but this is a debatable one as well because studio canal are releasing the others in the uk and in australia but in the us criterion are releasing it they're sharing the same transfer but the criterion has more special feature content mm. on its release as well as new content that's been put together the, sadly there's some content that was on the old two disc like miramax or dimension films release that's absent from both releases so i mean if you're a big the others fan hold on to your dvd for that extra feature content uh and then the third release that's coming out from studio canal is the pianist and that again is only coming out in 4k and i haven't got confirmation whether all the special feature content is just on the 4k or not but i'm actually quite i'm quite interested in revisiting it because i have not seen it since the film released back in like 2002 so yeah, quite eager to revisit it. I think it could be maybe Roman Polanski's last good film. Last uh, genuinely like great film, I'd say. Yeah, like really, yeah, great film. I mean, yeah. was it? Oh, no, yeah, because I'm trying to think. I, I can't even really think what's come since. He's yeah. done a lot of European films since then. He has, yeah. They've sort of flown yeah. under the radar. I'm amazed that this one's even getting a special treatment, you know, just with the, the political climate we live in, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, at least in Australia and Europe, uh, I don't know if there's any any plans. I don't know if Criterion will be sub-licensing it from Studio Canal to do a US release because, yeah, it's, it's sort of dicey territory. Uh, and then the last distributor I want to mention that's releasing titles this week is Viavision. Now, last week I mentioned they're releasing The Wraith and The Arrival. They were coming out in a DVD double pack. This week they're coming out as standalone Blu-ray releases, collector's edition releases with special features. But a third release they're releasing this week, which I'm actually really excited about, is uh, Communion with Christopher Walken, directed by Philippe Mora. And now this one did have a release in the US, but it was through Shout Factory, and it was one of their site exclusives where you could only order it if you lived in the US or Canada. Uh, otherwise, you had to use a mail forwarding service. So effectively, it would cost you like $100 to get a copy of this movie. And Let's be honest, it's not worth $100. I've got a soft spot for it, and I'm more than happy to pay $30 <laughs> for it locally. Uh, and it's it's a pretty good release in terms of, like, it, I don't think there's anything new on it. It's just archival content, but it is that, that new HD transfer. So I'm definitely going to pick that one up. But on the topic of Via Vision, now last week I think I reported that they're doing the full uh, Three Ninjas quadrilogy pack. <laughs> yes. You've got another release that's just kind of come out of the blue. This is what I'm loving about Via Vision at the moment. They just announced something and it's like a month or two away. It's just like comes out of nowhere. They're going to release The Mist locally on 4K Ultra HD and they're doing it justice by basically doing a port of the US release less the Blu-ray discs. But that doesn't matter because the content that's on the Blu-ray discs is the same as the 4K. So it's got uh, both cuts of the film. You've got the original standard colour theatrical release plus the alternate black and white version there's some other special features, but boys, there's Dolby Atmos on this sucker, and I'm very <laughs> excited to check this one out. Stupidly, of course, I imported it because I didn't think there was a hell of a chance that this thing was going to get a local release, and my copy arrived like last week. So, um, yeah, so look, it's got interesting. A nice case. Considering they've just put the mist in the Stephen King box set they've released, I know in the in the Blu-ray box set, I've got a feeling because the street date for that was so close to the US street date for the 4K. And I haven't, 
I haven't looked at one of these 4K releases from ViaVision that is like a Lionsgate acquisition to see if the discs themselves are locally pressed with, yep. you know, local art and ratings and whatnot, or whether they are just basically the US disc or not. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if it was something to do with that, because otherwise, yeah, they could have included the 4K cut in that box. And I know there was a bit of backlash when it was coming out. People were like, oh, it's just come out in 4K and they're only putting a Blu-ray in this box set. And you're like, well... If you put the 4K in that box set, you would have taken its retail price of whatever it was, just under $200, probably to about $250. And yep. you would have had the same amount of people whinge, you know, I don't want to buy this whole box set just to get a 4K disc. I'm going to import the 4K disc. Oh, but anyway. Jesus. What annoyed me about the reaction to that box set, which I think is a great box set, but people it's said, It's a oh, terrific it, box set. People are saying I literally have it right here. Yeah. Like there. Yeah. So and it's terrific. I've been through it and like, People are saying, oh, it's a shame they didn't put any good movies on it. I'm like, they are all crackers. Like, they're are movies you absolutely that need kidding? Attention. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of these titles haven't had, well, they haven't had Blu-ray releases locally, but in some instances, I think they're global Blu-ray debuts. Like, it's fantastic to have Bag of Bones on Blu-ray. Yes, the only disappointment is Bag of Bones doesn't have any kind of features with it, right? And I no, was I chatting with Mick Garrison, and he scenes. says they should have reached out to me. Deleted scenes is it, yeah. He would have done it, I mean, that would have been great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, look, you know, if anything, this may, you know, inspire some interest knowing that there's HD transfers with other distributors in the UK and the US. And I remember trying to work with Mick to do some Sleepwalkers, some of that footage, and eventually Screen Factory did the release and were able to do it. So so maybe, you know, there's... Look, I, I'm going to hold on to this, there's no doubt. Like, a lot of these titles I probably wouldn't rebuy, but Bag of Bones I would definitely rebuy if they did a really nice special. Yeah. At least a commentary track with Mick, because the guy can talk. Completely um, underrated movie, that one. Really underrated, and Piers Brosnan as well. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, look, that was a little off topic, but this this <laughs> thing's magnificent. Like, yeah, honestly, all individually housed and, yeah. you know, with original theatrical key art. It's Double terrific. discs and, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, alternate cuts of, like, multiple films within it. And I'm really excited to re-watch uh, Secret Window because it's been a little while since I watched it. And I have a weird sort of thing is, like, when I want to watch Secret Window and I watch The Ninth Gate because I kind of see them almost as companion films because they weren't, that far apart from a release and you've kind of got this i don't know similar sort of thing of like you know johnny tepp as a weird sort of um i don't know writer. like writer detective sort of yeah. thing yeah and so anyway there's the polanski angle so yeah i can double those two films together but yeah really exciting that one's going to come out december 20 so that's they announced it like overnight i think it was late last week and the thing's coming out december 20 so yeah, yeah. Cool. fantastic news but anyway gentlemen you've got all the releases and you've even got a little bit of news but you know what i want from the two of you <laughs> i want a synchronized <laughs> sign out so i'm going to do a countdown so we're going to go three two there's no one on one we are going to go stay physical so until <laughs> next time three two stay, stay physical, physical. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, next time, next time. Oh, you kind of took the fun out of it by like prepping us for it. <laughs> I know. Well, I was like, I was going to wait for premature Ben that was just going to spit it out like before yeah. I'd even got to it. <laughs> that was his high school nickname. No. <laughs> PB. Mm -hmm. All right, gentlemen. Next time.
All right, Ben, let's do this. I think I alluded to before, uh, it's safe to say, erotic thrillers are not my bag. I don't watch these. I don't. I remember when you, you texted me when you were watching one, going, you feel like a complete perv. Like, <laughs> when do you not feel like a complete perv? I always feel like one. Oh, look, the one I chose to watch at that moment, I've forgotten the name of it, but it's all about a, it's, it's almost like Play Misty for me. It's about a ra- radio disc jockey that seduces women over the air and they all right. get off to him on the air. They call him in and they masturbate to him. And he, he, wow. then, he then fucks one and her husband ends up dead. And he becomes Ooh. the prime suspect. I'm curious as to what this one is. But he still keeps having a sexy time. <laughs> what is that one? It was called Night Rhythm. Have you heard of that one? No. All right. I haven't. It is, uh, I'm trying to think who was in it. I can't remember, but I'm looking at all the ratings. And look, there's a lot of pervs out there because it's got some good ratings on IMDb. 7 out of 10. It, 8 out uh, of 10. It looks David great. David Carradine is in it. He's not the main disc jockey guy. Um, you can look it up while I keep talking. Martin Hewitt, David Carradine as Vincent. Sam J. Jones is in it. Yep. Deborah Driggs, Delia Shepard is the is the Trace, <laughs> Tracy Tweed, sister of Shannon Tweed. Have you seen the tagline? Words seduce, passion kills. Julie Strain is in it. Like it's uh... <laughs> so that was. The... Oh well, look who it's directed by, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. He and he did a lot of these. Gregory Dark. Mm-hmm. Now Gregory Dark. That is real surname. That is I. Oh, I actually don't know, but he was, he was, um, half of the Dark Brothers who directed. Uh, they directed some of the best kind of. Uh, who did they do it for? Wicked or Vivid por- pornos? Mm-hmm. And they did all of the like New Wave hookers, a lot of the Tracy Lord stuff. The kind of the real they did like kind of like a much more art house type stuff. Yeah, and then Gregory Ducks kind of. Started directing like erotic thrillers and more mainstream stuff, and then he went into music videos. Famously, directed the Britney Spears "I'm Not a Girl." Right? Uh, was it, is it I'm, "I'm Not Yet a No Not a Girl Not Yet a Woman"? Yeah, whatever that one was. Yep. And there was a big controversy when it came out that, that that's who he was. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that explains why I felt a bit pervy watching that yeah. one because it really was, you know, quite. On the nose? Like, I yeah. can't wait to see it. I want to track that, <laughs> track that one down. But we did put the question out to our Facebook followers. Uh, how would you curate your ideal erotic thriller marathon? So choose three films up to. What? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, just to make sure I've got plenty of lubrication. <laughs> Who do you reckon the first cab out of the rank was? It was Melzy. Melzy, yeah. Melzy right. jumped uh-huh. in. Well, though she, it was... <laughs> Her response was, you could recreate my honours thesis, which was three chapters, one on basic instinct, one on bound, and one on into the cut, or in the cut. I I have seen two of the three. I've never seen in the cut. I remember it was the big one because it was supposed mm. to be Meg Ryan and there was a blowjob scene. But I don't think Meg Ryan was the one giving the blowjob. I think she was just walking through the, the back of a club. I found it a really disturbing film. Like it was, I felt really grotty watching it. Like, yeah. yeah. And she was already... Past her prime. Pa- past. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it was definitely. Her face had, was past its prime. She'd had a bit of work done. She had, <laughs> like, I think Kate and Leopold was kind of her last gasp at the romantic comedy. Yeah. I don't know if this was before or after that, but, you know, You've Got Mail, mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally, all of that stuff had, had been and gone. And this was her, you know, I mean, she tried, she did that boxing movie as well with, um, uh, was it not The Great White Hype? Yeah. Uh, no, against no. the ropes. Against the ropes. She'd done that. She was kind of trying to, you know, take her career in different places and not be the romantic comedy girl. 
go-to girl anymore. Yep. And this was one of them. And I, I don't know if it was a success or not. I never actually got around <laughs> to watching it. it. I also, at the time, I really had a problem with, um, what's his name? Mark. Uh, he's the guy who play, plays the Hulk. Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yep. I really didn't like him for some reason. I really, because I really, I had a, I went to see The Last Castle in the cinemas <laughs> and something about uh, James Gandolfini's deviated septum that really upset. Like it was like listening to that guy breathe in surround sound. Yeah. I, I in Every scene he was in and he's in just about every scene. And I, and Mark Ruffalo is the kind of, you know, He's the the character that starts off against Robert Redford, but then kind of buys into his stuff. And it's, it's a good movie. I like that one. It's watching it now. I actually really liked it, but at the time I didn't, and it put me <laughs> off Mark Ruffalo. And it wasn't until View from the Top that I kind of came around to it. <laughs> so, I mean, the next one would be Brody Kane, regular listener. He's done five. He did Crash, nineteen ninety six, the David Cronenberg. Yeah, what an interesting one. Oh, I mean that that is an erotic thriller, but it's a it's a really yucky. Erotic yeah, thriller. in the words of uh, Sean Locke, it's a it's a challenging way. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, Australian Deborah Kara Unger is in it, but is she just, Aussie? Yeah, really, I had yeah, no idea. Yeah. Um, because she was in Blood. She's in lots. Blood Oath. She's in the way that that, that that one about the the Japanese POWs with Gary Sweet and stuff. Wow, that was I had kind no of, idea. She was a nurse. Okay. In that and th- like that was, li- I think that may have been the only film she did in Australia. Gotcha. That she Fucked straight off. to Hollywood and was in Highlander Endgame and yeah, I remember I saw Crash at the Vancouver International Film Festival when I was way too young to see it. I was sixteen, <laughs> I think, at the time, which I mean, perfect age to see it. But like as far as the senses go, I was too young. Were you really? I remember yeah. seeing it. I think I saw it at the Asta mm. on a double feature, which means it would have been second run. So it definitely wasn't. Uh, well, that's the thing because you would have seen it in about. Because 96 at a film festival in Canada. Um, ah, yeah. So it wouldn't have come out until yeah, 97, maybe right. 98. Yep. yep. And then I would have been old so enough to go So he also uh, suggested Dress to Kill, Eyes Wide Shut, Dead Ringers, which interesting, and that's another Cronenberg one, and Fear, 1996. I'm surprised that, I mean, that he said, I. Uh, so what was the... Dead um, Ringers? Dress to Kill. Oh, Dress to Kill, yeah. I mean, look, Dress to Kill, yes. But not um, Body Double? Body double is the big one for De Palma, I would have thought. Maybe it's just his preference, I mean, both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then we had uh, TJ Bowser. And it has the, and it has the great uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood uh, porn scene in it, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing. And then I saw this, I saw this great meme on uh, Instagram the other day that somebody put together, like songs that gave you AIDS in the 80s. Oh, and and it, the number one, and it was like the top three, and the number one song, and he goes, if you walk past someone listening to this in your car, you got AIDS. Is it relaxed? And it's relaxed by Frankie <laughs> Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> was that in cruising? I should have yeah, been. should have been. <laughs> so TJ Bowser came in. He's a podcast host from um, the States. He has a network called... I love his name. Project Louder, I think is the network. Um, he suggested New Rose Hotel, Body Double. There we go. And one that I would suggest, Blue Velvet. Yeah. That's a sleazy movie. I can hear you fuckers. <laughs> Daddy wants to fuck. <laughs> Man, what a movie. That's a that's a great film. But New Rose Hotel, is that the one? That, no, I'm thinking of New Hampshire Hotel with <laughs> Jodie Foster and... Uh, Hotel Sorrento? What? <laughs> <laughs> What's New Rose Hotel? I've never heard of that. Oh, place. look, it came up on a few of my searches, but I never really stopped to have a look at it. You're welcome to do so because the next one in line was Ryan Kendall, uh, friend of the show. Yeah. He suggested Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Oh my god. Which is sexy. <laughs> what have you discovered there, mate? The the plot of, of this movie is is two businessmen are hired to steal secrets from a rival and decide to use a beautiful call girl to do to do so. That's the IMDb. Guess who the two businessmen are? It's Christopher Walken and Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh my god. What an amazing pairing. And the call girl is Asia Argento. How have we not seen this? Yeah, and Annabella Sciorra's in it. Who else Stop the here? press. We're off to watch a movie, Ben. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Gretchen Mole. Gretchen Mole. It's a horrible name. I feel like Gretchen Mole must have... When did this movie come out? She must have been like 16. Gretchen Mole is a name that sounds like Wazzle Gummidge or something. Like it's <laughs> yeah. There's a, her career... There's a reason why her career never really... She had, like a, she had a couple of good years and then... Oh, Victor Argo pops up in this. Okay, so moving along to Rod Williams, who listens to the show quite a lot. He has suggested Clute. Cruising. I'm glad cruising's getting a bit of love here. Clute's a weird one, but yeah, cruising. Body heat. Body heat, yeah. Seminal. Um, Seminal. Damaged. Yeah, what a weird film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, that's the one with uh, Jeremy Irons and it remi- And it reminds me of Last Tango in Paris. I think the poster's very similar where they're both naked on the cover in, yeah, the, in a weird a, embrace, like a tantric kind of thing. Yeah, but it's basically Jeremy Irons' son brings his girlfriend home f- to their country house and he ends up, you know, Fucking her on the down low. And <laughs> he did, destroys he did a his few own. questionable roles back then, like <laughs> Lolita. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's also suggested The Piano Teacher. Oh, that's a great film. Never thought of it as an erotic thriller, but it's definitely erotic. It's got a lot of real sex in it. Yeah. I remember that being on SBS. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good suggestion. Uh, and then we have Gregory Moss, writer of The Cost. He has suggested everyone's favorite, Basic Instinct. Um, describing it as an effective engaging homage to Hitchcock. Also, Colour of the Night, as ludicrous as it is, it's deserving of more love. Well, it's because you get to see... Uh, I mean, it <laughs> is like you, yeah, like everyone just talking about Bruce Willis's penis, <laughs> but it actually is a pretty good thriller if you take that out. <laughs> and it was what it was after after she made like a, a sensation. She was like, the, like a major discovery after The Lover. Yeah. And then Jane March, and then she did uh, Color of Night, which was a must have been a turkey because she virtually disappeared after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it didn't do much for who was it? Leslie Ann Warren and Leslie Ann Down, and I'm trying to think of who else uh, was in that film. If I may list off maybe just some of my favorite ones, because there's not a lot, and then perhaps <laughs> in the next segment we can <clears throat> just pick apart yours. That'd be great. Oh, okay. Um, Couple that I used to return to as a teenager on video all the time. Probably had a few worn down moments on the cassette. Let's face it, uh, Dangerous Game. You know the Harvey Keitel Madonna one. Yeah, the Abel Ferrara one. Yeah, 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 right. That because that was some really hardcore sex in there, and and it's a real, it's a meta kind of film. It's a film behind a film. I remember, I remember like Blackout being my go to Abel Ferrara erotic thriller, <laughs> but uh, well, it's not really. A, it's just erotic. It's not really a thriller. Did he do Blackout? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's a, I haven't seen it. I um, know. The one with uh, Matthew Modine and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he made Dangerous Game like almost straight away after Bad Lieutenant. So it was like a Harvey Keitel double feature, um, I remember. But obviously we mentioned Blue Velvet, another favourite. But the one, it's another Madonna one, Body of Evidence. Willem Dafoe in that as well. And that was the real Basic Instinct ripoff movie. But I liked it more than yeah. Basic Instinct. Well, it was also and Julianne Moore yep. uh, instead of Gene Triplehorn. 
which is good casting. Which, which in in retrospect, the cast in body of of um, evidence is better. Is yeah, is more, more notable uh, and respectable. Yeah, yeah. more. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about it was though is that it really what made that movie famous is the fact that it was in the uh, understand the ratings video that yeah, used to be right. at the start of just about every single VHS tape. At it that doesn't time. hurt to have Madonna in there as well. That's a yeah. draw card because this, this wasn't long after a sex book. Yeah, no, this was her. Yeah, this was her. Uh, you know. And would you call Boxing Helena an erotic thriller? Definitely. Yeah, because that was a good one too. And that was, yeah, Jane Lynch, directed by Jane Lynch with Cheryl and Fenn, who's, who pops up in quite a few of these erotic mm-hmm. thrillers. So the other one, when I mentioned that I went and saw Crash at the film festival, the other one I saw at the same, I think it was the same year, was um, Adam Egoyne's Exotica. I adored that film, but now I'm thinking about it, it wasn't as much a thriller as what my memory serves. So I remember, I remember like, you know, to be fair, I kind of I kind of fast forwarded through it because I just wanted to see Mia Kirshner dressed up as a schoolgirl stripping <laughs> and being disappointed in what I saw. Mm. And it also had um, it had Greg from Dharma and Greg in it and stuff. And I was like, and what's his name? Is it Lars Codius or whatever his name is? The guy? Yeah, he would have been in all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he like I just can't I can't think of Elias Codius now because of Crash. Like when she's talk when she's fucking James Spader and she's talking about. <laughs> She's telling him, "Oh, you want to, you want to fuck Elias Cotillas, like any, you know, he's dirty brown asshole." And <laughs> so you're just like, "This is really." <laughs> I mean, there like, was there was a moment in time where all we knew him from was Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. <laughs> yeah, then that all changed. Yeah, and then he was in, um, he was in what's his name once again with Christopher Walken. He was in, um, oh, they just released the box set of it too. Oh, Prophecy. Prophecy. Yeah, he's in the first Prophecy film as a as a monk. Yeah. As a priest, <laughs> he's always he's, 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 the, he's the, the bargain bin De Niro. Yeah, really, really was. Yeah, <laughs> there's also been up my alley some great erotic thriller uh, franchises, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you've seen any or all of these. Do you remember the Trios trilogy? You had Trios, Trios Two, Pandora's Box with Michael Jai White. Trios, 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 Trios. It's a menage a trois. It's a menage a trois one. Yeah. So trois. Let's just call it yeah. trois. And then you had part three, The Escort with Isaiah Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah. I remember, I've never seen one of them. Mm-hmm. I remember them coming out. Yeah. But you... I always feel like they came out a bit late, but maybe that well, was some just... Of the, some of these did because you had Poison Ivy one through five. So the latter end of those were fairly recent, mm-hmm. comparatively speaking. Poison Ivy was a doozy. I loved that. Poison Ivy was great. And that, and that was like Drew Barrymore kind of, like as a big... Big one for Drew Barrymore. Apparently, they cut it to shit though because mm. they, you know, it was too full on and stuff. Tom Skerritt's the dad, and I want to see that cut. Sarah Gil- Sarah Gilbert's the uh, the kind of that's the right friend. because Sarah Gilbert was actually a bit of a headline at the time. Like yeah. she was the side character, but she I remember she was the selling point a lot of the but time. She was yeah, she was big from Roseanne yeah at that's the right. time. But then yeah, Poison Ivy two was Alyssa Milano who was clearly in her. She did that one and. There's another one where she plays a vampire as well. Yeah, embrace, embrace the vampire. Embrace the vampire. Uh, where she was clearly trying to, you know, and fear as well. She was in fear yep. where she was, you know, trying to sex up her image after <laughs> Who's the Boss. Yeah. She didn't right. want to be Sam from Who's the Boss anymore. And then Jamie King was in one of the Poison Ivies. I think it was number three. Was she? Uh, Jamie Presley. Oh, Jamie was, Presley. Jamie Presley was in Poison Ivy three or Presley, four. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, other franchises, Nine and a Half Weeks had three installments. The third of it which was did. Paul Mercurio in the first nine and a half weeks. And that was made... <laughs> was it, did they just rename Back Beyond? <laughs> no, to... that, was, that was made back to back with um, 
Exit to Eden. So he was doing these sex movies oh, at the right. time, and yeah. you look at him now, and he's doing these cooking shows on SBS or whatever. <laughs> he's loving the food. <laughs> yeah. Why not? He doesn't have he's, to... he's had a life. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. And then you had the your favorite Jim Minorsky did two of the body chemistry movies. There were four of those in total, and he did number three and four. He did a couple of those. He Man. was like Jim Minorsky was always the sequel king. But there was a there was like he was a staple when it came. You go through all the erotic thrillers, the director video ones. His name is all over them. His name's him and Shannon Tweed are like besties, yeah. man. And uh, and Fred Olin Ray pops up in in a lot of Dave Dakota as well. Dave Dakota did all the gay ones. Yeah, the uh, all the the reimaginings of the Edgar Allan Poe stories, but gay and yeah. Dante's Cove that TV series. <laughs> yep, that was all Dave Dakota. And then last one is uh, the Wild Things franchise. There were four of those. Yes, there were. Yeah, John, that's right. John McNaughton yeah. did the first one, and then they, and and then, which was a respectable I was sexy say, thriller. Yeah, that there isn't a there isn't a franchise that went so close, like down into the gutter so quickly. <laughs> yeah, straight on to number things. two. <laughs> yeah, and you forgot the other one was Wild Orchid. I haven't forgotten. I think it's coming up in oh, a little okay. bit. But I, I, think, mean, I thought you, this was your last one. No, no, no. there's only two of those. I think so. It, 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 technically, a franchise, but I was sort of thinking three well, or I don't more. Know if there was, I thought there was more than two. Wild I reckon Orchids. there's two. Well, let's talk about that in a minute. I'm looking forward to that. Let's play a song though. All right, all right, and let's see if you like this one.
So, did you? Did you like it? I, I look. <laughs> any, I look. I think there isn't a Brian Ferry slash Roxy music song that doesn't belong in an erotic thriller. That one was from Nine and a Half Weeks. Very nice. I never got into Nine and a Half Weeks. Like, it, don't get, I, get me wrong. Kim Basinger is stunning, mm-hmm. or Basinger, or however you want to pronounce her <laughs> name. Uh, I just the whole food thing. I just I was like, you're just dirty. This just, is gross. Just eat the food. Um, yeah, like, I liked part two, which was technically called Love in Paris. <laughs> is that just a last tango in Paris like, thing? It was called Love in Paris, and then they released it. And it, and it is a sequel because his character's the same, and it's set twenty it's years Mickey later. Mickey Rourke is yep, uh, yep, back. Yep. And, and who's the? Uh, well, it's a different woman. He goes to meet. He goes to Paris to reunite with the woman from the first one, the Kim Basinger character, but then falls for another chick. Anyway, when it came to home video, oh, it was really late too. It was like yeah, a late yeah, sequel, ninety eight or something. And yeah. when when it hit home video, it was retitled another nine and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, and then that's where number three came. Pretty much a year or two later, with um, good old Paul Mercurio. Anyway, good song. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you have any awkward erotic thriller moments? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you would think so. I think I've I've shared this story on the show as I was watching the movie White Palace with my parents. It's not a movie you want to. No, because my parents let me watch nearly everything with them. You know, whether it's um Lethal Weapon, uh, Dead Calm. Like I watched a lot of stuff, and <laughs> right in the first act of uh, White Palace, there's a scene where <laughs> James Spader wakes up with uh, Susan Sarandon sucking his dick. That was an awkward moment <laughs> to be sitting in between your parents. <laughs> yeah, not uh, pleasant. No, I, uh, I mean, and my mum was sucking dad's dick, so that was just really awkward. <laughs> Very, you don't live, I keep forgetting that you grew up in the society. <laughs> That's right. I'm so, baby shunt. <laughs> so it's just you've it's heard a, of baby bunting. I'm baby shunting. You're uh, oh, there he is, loving Paris. Oh, so oh, that whole time oh, I was talking, you're just... I'm just looking it up. <laughs> it was... Um, what's his name? It's, that's right. I remember now. It was Angie Everhart. Angie Everhart. Yep. Yep. So, no. No no awkward moments? <clears throat> no, I can't. Look, I... Uh, you watched them all I, I learned the value of a locked door uh, pretty early on. And, I mean, look, every now and then it would come up. And I would just go, mm, I'm just going to leave the room. Because I cannot control myself. These things that happen, I've got no control over it. It's your turn, mate. Why don't you throw some favourites at me? Oh well, I mean, look, I think, look, I think if we're going to talk erotic thrillers, we can't go past uh, Andrew Stevens and his <laughs> his contribution to the genre mm. uh, with films like uh, Night Eyes, of course, which was which another franchise. Another franchise had a, had, a, and I think he's in all of them. Is it he four or more? Through. I think there's four. Yeah. Um. And they had a lot of curtains in them. <laughs> they, yeah. Well, they were, and the, the, the premise is that he's a security guard who always has to, you know, uh, protect a a a woman from uh, male callers. You know, in her palatial mansion, and oh, and and you know, and he, of course he's watching them all the time. And all of the covers are like a window with curtains. And they and they kind of <laughs> they really skirt around the. Do they know they're being filmed? Like, mm. do they know that we've stuck a video camera in their bedroom? Yes, they do. How many erotic thrillers deal with that video voyeurism? Like, slither, oh, it's a, you know, yeah. like it's a big, it's a big uh, part of it. Yeah. And the and the, I think the first, so the first one is um, is Tanya Roberts. Mm-hmm. Tanya Roberts is the is the original star, but apparently she was such a pain in the ass to work with, and that's 
and then Shannon Tweed was brought in for part two. Yeah, and that's Shannon Tweed just kind of basically took over the erotic thriller genre because <laughs> the other the other um, great Andrew Stevens movie was A Woman Scorned. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I film. don't, but I would say his great movie is The Terror Within. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would say it's Death Hunt, personally. <laughs> um, but in In a Woman Scorned, it's <laughs> Shannon Tweed is married to this guy who uh, works in the same company as Andrew Stevens, mm-hmm. and he's super desperate. Like he's like a real he's a real asshole too. I think he beats her, but she's like totally obsessed with him, in mm-hmm. love with him, and and uh, full on into him. But he's like he will do anything to get ahead in his job, including trying to prostitute out Shannon Tweed, <laughs> screw his boss. <laughs> it, he's like this horrible guy, and but they, somehow Andrew Stevens still gets the promotion, and he is so upset that he kills himself. Mm. So then Shannon Tweed decides to get her revenge against Andrew Stevens and his entire family yeah. by going to work as a as the I think he goes she goes to work as the housekeeper, and she basically. So first she starts banging the son, <laughs> then she bangs, she she finger blasts the mother. <laughs> I love that we get to use all these terms yeah, in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and then she works her way up to Andrew Stevens, and it all comes out. <laughs> and that kind of that theme uh, that Sean O'Brien did a bunch of the movies with a similar thing where the 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 you know the woman is uses sex to get her revenge. Uh, on a number of things, but the, for me, the big ones—I mean, the Rich Who Diaries, the TV series—that was like a major. David Duchovny before he did X Files. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think yeah, because he was in the movie. There was a movie of Red Shoe Diaries, and it then spun off into a TV show. And he only agreed to come back to the TV show as a narrator, as opposed yeah. to an act like he's not. In it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't actually. But have he was any the star of, of the movie, though. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the. I've seen the. I've only ever seen the the. The TV the, show. The TV the show episodes show, they yeah. used to bring out. Yeah. yeah. No, go they used back to package and it. Now you've got like an actual film to go back and, and have and, a look where and it have all a started. Look at. Um, the other one I was talking about earlier uh, is Lake Consequence. <laughs> what a great I name. Know, it's a great, great title. Joan Severance from mm. uh, from so many great films. <laughs> uh, who was a, she was like a, you know, big time fashion model, much like Angie Everhart kind of was. And then she kind of broke into into films, and then started doing. She does a lot of. She did a lot of uh, C. Thomas Howell erotic thrillers and stuff, and then she did like Consequence with uh, Billy Zane. Man, Zane, listen to your friend Zane. C. Thomas Howell. There's a, cool a name dude. that should not be in any erotic thrillers. And uh, <laughs> and I mean, look, some of the other big ones uh, that I remember were. Um, do you remember the Hot Spot? I remember it. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, you are missing out. Directed by Dennis Hopper. Right, well, then and I starring Don Johnson, uh, Virginia Madsen, and Jennifer Connelly, and I've it was missed, the I've first. Out. <laughs> it was the first time, and Jennifer Connelly is completely naked in it. Yeah, I think I've seen some still yeah, shots. Anytime you, you, yeah, and it is every time you've looked up Jennifer amazing. Connelly naked, they're the they're, images. That's the photo, there's the photos you see, <laughs> the hot spot. It, it, it is. Yeah. I know it well. <laughs> It is amazing. That was a, so that was a that was a big one for me. <laughs> the other one, do you remember this one uh, called House in the Hills? Yeah. With uh, I think it's Helen Shaver. I think it's Helen Shaver. Michael Madsen is in it, and um, Jeffrey Tambor. Oh God. And she kind of she's house sitting. Tell me, he's not sexy. Yeah. In it. <laughs> well, yeah, and he he I think he gets um. He gets shot in the ass with a nail gun in the film, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Little bastard um, shot me in the ass. From memory, from memory, that he's a um, 
she's house sitting this you know house in the hills in the Hollywood Hills. She's house sitting for some people, and uh, Michael Madsen, I don't know, somehow kind of drops in looking for someone else or something, and they mm-hmm. kind of you know develop a flirtation. But mm. then she then there's it like this serial killer on the loose. Love it. And is it Michael Madsen? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the erotic thrillers that have a serial killer in there. That's the juicy stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, John Dahl did the big one with The Last Seduction. Yeah. Um, it's funny. With something... uh, Linda Fiorentino, who then followed up with Jade, mm. uh, which David, uh, what's his name? David um, Caruso. David Caruso left. William Freakin's film. William Freakin, yeah, left NYPD Blue, <laughs> yeah. this, the number one show on TV. <laughs> oh, to be, was to, it to NCIS, be I think it was, or something like that. Was it, it no, no, this is no, it's NYPD Blue. Was this it? was pre. Oh, yes, that's it, right, that's right. It, CIS, CSI yeah. was his return to television. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he was, he became, it went to his head. Yeah, he became a real asshole. Yeah, but and then mind, get mind you, like you know, the one film you're going to jump out into, like you've just had, it's a movie that's cashing in on basic instinct. Well, that sounds like a good idea, and it's William Friedkin. That sounds like yeah. a good idea too. Oh yeah, it's a total. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, it's theoretically a no-brainer, <laughs> even though it seemed to. I don't, I don't know for mm. sure, but it felt like it did not. Oh, it didn't perform it that didn't well. It didn't perform that well. If it made money, it was on home video. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And do you remember, there was a couple of Greta Skarki movies. Do you remember Shattered mm-hmm. with Bob Hoskins and Tom I Berenger? I certainly do. And Tom Berenger, who would later appear in Slither with Sharon Stone, her follow-up to basically I had the erotic thriller biggest theater. crush on Greta Skarki. And when she was in Presumed Innocent, oh, those sexy moments were very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could class that as an erotic thriller in many ways. Oh, definitely. Yeah, even though it's like a legal thriller, it's a bit of both. But it's 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 like No Way Out. Yeah, that's right. Like it's basically a whodunit. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. I think it's the only erotic thriller with Brian Dennehy. <laughs> yeah, he and it. and that guy from uh, The West Wing. I've forgotten his name. The guy that died. Oh, he. Was, oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, John Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. John Stewart. <laughs> right. He's also in. Um, in Red Heat, yeah, and stuff. He's great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. I think. Uh, and oh, sorry. Yeah. One more. Yeah, the yeah. Big yeah. one, which was funnily enough, I only found out today was a made-for-TV movie, but the two Corys were in uh, Blown Away with Nicole Eggett. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? I do. A couple, <laughs> and, she, and she gets very naked in that film, mm. and that was like a, you know, even though she's in uh, Kinjete, yeah. where <laughs> where she's playing like a teen prostitute at the start, where. Charles Bronson rocks up to her hotel room with a suitcase with nothing but a giant dildo in it. <laughs> and he's like an undercover cop. And like, why has he brought this? <laughs> like, there's no reason for him to have bought the, the giant dildo. Well, let's quickly circle back quickly to Two Moon Junction because that's the one I wanted to get back to. Right. That's the movie that, as a teenager, I probably watched the most, like, of all the sex movies. Yeah. Um, Christy I've... McNichol. Yeah. Uh, Richard Tyson. Richard Tyson. I mean, as you alluded to before, like, all the guys in these movies, they're assholes. Like, and he is a real. Even, yeah, like he's like because he's a he's a carny. Yeah, he's a carny, but I mean, and and he forces himself upon her. Like he breaks into yeah. her house, takes a shower against her will, like pushes but her against the but wall. She's attracted. She, she she wants it, but she doesn't want it. And yeah. it's and, you know, all of these films back then were very rapey. Let's face it. Look, it, it, look, it, these movies are responsible for a lot of. Sometimes no means yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which, you know, you've got Fifty Shades of Grey now. Like, you know, they're just the same. They're a little bit more polished, that's all. But, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah so Two Moon Junction had Louise Fletcher in it. Was she the mum? Oh, she was... It's Louise Fletcher the mum. No, she wasn't the mum. I think she was like... 
the aunt or something like that. Like, right. I can't quite remember her place, but she comes back for part two, Return to Two Moon Junction. With Mindy Clark from Return of the Living Dead part three. Exactly. And, and uh, the OC. That one I'm not as familiar with, except for the fact she's in it. So Yeah, that's all I've really... <laughs> Look, a lot of these movies, I have to admit, I fast-forwarded through. The big one was Cool Surface. Do you remember that? It was the big one, um, Terry Hatcher. It was like a... You know, Terry Hatcher had blown up because of Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman. Mm-hmm. And she had done this movie with um, Robert Patrick. Yep. And I think it kind of came out... I, th- I, th- I get the feeling it had been made before Lois and Clark, but then it actually got a big release after. Because she did that Heaven is Burning as well, where mm-hmm. she got full full frontal... She did the full frontal nudity thing on the on the balcony of the house. Oh. With... Um, uh, what's his name? Alec Baldwin. But then Cool Surface came out and it was a friend's 16th birthday party <laughs> and there was you know, only boys at this party <laughs> and we could borrow whatever we wanted from the video story. Dad would let us, you know, and one of the movies <laughs> we was Cool Surface and I put it on and I'm sitting there just like fast forwarding to the nudity parts and this, one of the other guys goes, aren't we watching the movie? And I was like, "Who? this is shit. <laughs> Who wants to watch this? I just want to see Terry Hatcher naked and then... Go on to a better film, <laughs> and now I regret that now because I feel like I need to go back and watch it because it mm. probably was pretty good. I reckon it might be. You know, it's, I, I love Robert Patrick. I don't really like. I'm not a big fan of young Robert Patrick. I'm a big fan of middle aged Robert ah, Patrick. Right. Well, I've got a copy here. Should we like watch it? John Doggett? <laughs> John Doggett era Robert Patrick. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Seems like we're missing someone this week. And a couple of weeks ago, I got cut out of a segment. Oh. So we're missing James this week because he ca- he caught diphtheria. Diphtheria? He caught yeah. he caught the nasty bug. We can't have him on the show, and that's okay. But we're going to talk about his favorite sub-genre. James just texted me. I, I don't care that his pee burns. I'm sorry, James. Quit texting me. It's the guacamole type substance that's coming out of it. It's really disturbing me and him sending mm. me pictures of it. Turns out I do not need Richard picks. James loves erotic thrillers. Did you know that about James? I've never heard him once talk about it. Now, in fact, my, the first one I'm going to pick is one that he shit all over. And I've often argued with him about going, it looks like a TV movie. I was like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like that at all. In fact, it looks like vertigo. We're going to talk about basic instinct. Okay, go ahead. I see his point a little bit. I, I don't understand the appeal of basic instinct in terms of erotic thrillers. It's okay. It's not great for me. It's directed. It's written by Joe Hesterhouse. It's directed by the madman. The madman. Paul. Um, yeah, gave us Robocop. A Verhoeven. Oh, I know. Joe. I forgot Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven's <laughs> last name. Is it a great movie? No. But when it comes to erotic thrillers, specifically in the late 80s, early 90s, it was hard to beat. And man, it had a lot of competition. And a lot of movies try to rip off the success of it. I mean, Jade is a direct ripoff of Basic Instinct. Made by oh my God, it is totally. <laughs> it is. If you, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had never thought about that. No, I totally did. No, you're right. It's just, it's. I didn't I, expect you to pull that out. With the same uh, people. Well, there's and, and, people behind the camera. I mean, and David Caruso left a hit TV show to make that movie. <laughs> is Basic Instinct a flawless movie? No. Do I own it? Yes. Did someone steal the DVD and leave me the case? That's also true. I don't. I don't know how this happened. But it's the it's same the person cool. who owns The Fog and Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Is that the one you're missing? No, I don't. I don't no, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot that that was missing. Damn you, Chad Jennings. 
damn you. So basic instinct. I hate going over the plots on these, especially the sub one, because if you've either seen it or you haven't seen it. But my yeah. counter argument to James because he sucks is it doesn't look like a TV movie. It looks like Vertigo. It's in San Francisco. And to me, a lot of it is a homage to Hitchcock and Vertigo. I'm going to channel my 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 friend James here because you're right. I don't think friend. James, but I, I want to, uh, I'm going to channel James and I am not going to pick an erotic thriller. Rather, I am going to pick the parody of erotic thrillers and I am going to talk about Fatal Instinct. <laughs> you know, the only joke I remember from Fatal Instinct which one's that? When is he's in the library and he's going through F U C K. It's it's one of the lamest jokes in the entire movie, but I still giggle at the same time when uh the uh character Lana Ravine is in the park and she's talking to this man and she goes, You speak Yiddish? And he goes, No, but I can read the subtitles. It's such a lame joke. Sometimes really bad jokes hit me in a way. That I can't explain, but every time I've watched that movie, whenever he says no, but I can read the subtitles, I break out hysterically laughing. Mm. So yeah, if and I, again, I'm not like Joe. I'm not going to. I don't want to talk about the plot of it. All of it. It's one of Carl Reiner's last films. I think it's it's, it's one of his least. <laughs> I think it's his third or fourth. Uh, it's what like there's two other movies after after this one. So he was on the kind of tail end of his movie career. Um, and it's, it's basically a spoof of all the, the erotic thrillers, Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct, Cape Fear. Um, I believe there is some spoofing of Chinatown in there as well, which I don't know. Is Chinatown an erotic thriller? The cast in this movie, you know, start with Armand Asante. I, Armand Asante is one of those underappreciated actors in movie history, in my opinion. I think he can do no wrong. Even in the worst roles, he just chews the scenery. He does out, do that. Out, out of it and i just love it every bit of it um and it also has sean young sherilyn flynn christopher mcdonald my god clarence clemens tony randall as the judge dude i don't remember a damn thing about this movie other than the f the u the c, c. The k. <laughs> yeah so so that is my pick heaven they prisoner for me just heaven prisoners for me just so i could simply say you see terry hatcher full frontal there you go and with that we bid you adieu I almost chose Fatal Instinct. I was going to come at it from like a, a left the parody, of field. The parody or <laughs> Yeah, the Carl Reiner film. Yeah. That's not a bad one. I do remember being very disappointed in that film because it was rated PG and I put it on in the video store and it's got a big fat F-bomb in it. <laughs> I, see, I remember, I've, I remember it. I kind of remember it. But then I also remember Lethal, uh, lethal Weapon or Loaded, loaded, weapon, loaded one. weapon 1. And like, I know one of them had the beaver jokes. <laughs> And well, I can't remember Naked which Naked Gun is... had the beaver jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one had the beaver jokes? They all had beaver jokes. <laughs> nice beaver. I remember Kathy Island having a be- having doing something with her beaver. Oh, that's right. Do you sleep in the nude? <laughs> <laughs> Only when I'm naked. <laughs> John Lovitz, love him. Uh, thank you, Boneheads. Go find Bonehead Weekly. Uh, wherever you get podcasts from, look them up on YouTube. They do their episodes with video cameras or web cameras at least. Yeah. Not very erotic, but you know. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah. that do you sleep in the nude? <laughs> like when you go back and look at Basic Instinct now, mm. that interrogate. I've never. I watch a lot of cop procedural shows and movies mm-hmm. and stuff. I've never seen an interrogate an, an interrogation room where they can fit 
sit like five guys. It's like a courtroom on sitting on a stage. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I know, look, I know. Like it's I've theatrics. Seen, it's yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've seen Beverly Hills. I mean, it's not even it's not even Los Angeles. Is it? It's Seattle. Well, if or it was it, if it was any other film noir, it would be a it's tiny little room with a desk, you know, yeah. and a one little spotlight. But we we needed the beaver shot, didn't we? And we needed to fit Wayne Knight in there somewhere. Yeah, because like, <laughs> no one does sweaty. He takes up a lot of room. No one does sweaty like uh, Wayne Knight. But everyone, I think all of those guys in that room, like uh, George Zunzer and that sort of stuff, they're well, you know all what? great. They're all and great characters. It's such a great scene because, you know, that's been accused of misogyny and whatnot, but that's the point of that scene. Because yeah. you've got all of these men fawning over her and she's got absolute control over them. Well, that's it. It starts out that it's traditionally a scene where they would have all the control yeah. and she takes it from them. Absolutely. And she has control. I mean, look, yeah, yes, sure. But it's such a that's such a simplistic view. And who who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Some things do. And then, then there's the whole thing where apparently Paul Verhoeven promised that he wouldn't actually show her private parts in the final cut. And naturally, when she went to the premiere, she saw, she saw it. <laughs> I don't know. Look, to be honest with you, even on Blu-ray, I've paused that scene. I haven't been, really been able to see anything. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I've yes, I've paused that scene too, and it looks like she's wearing pantyhose. Yeah, you like, can't. You, you can't see much, right? Yeah. But I understand like why that would be upsetting. But at the same time, never trust the director. But then she also, <laughs> I also like in that George Esterhouse book, he told her that she came around and had sex with him as a thank you for the yeah. role. Yeah. <laughs> For writing is such a great part, <laughs> but and look, Sharon Stone, I, I'm I'm Team Cassandra Peterson. <laughs> I believe I believe everything that Cassandra Peterson says, and Sharon Stone is universally hated by everyone on the cast and crew of any movie she's ever been on. <laughs> she's a problematic person, but. Um, <laughs> Let's recommend some movies. We're at that point of the show where we just, yeah, we recommend a movie that we think that you should watch as soon as possible. Um, we never have feedback though, so we'd love to hear from you if you have watched these and uh, let us know what you think. I think this is a bit of a controversial one I'm going to throw out here. It's very much a Glenn film because it is a dodgy DTV sequel. But it is one that, look, I used to agree with people, not very good. I watched it last week in preparation for this episode. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. It is 8mm 2. You've mentioned this before. Now, this was made in 2005. The original title was The Velvet Side of Hell. That's how it was made. <laughs> the studio... Because they wanted to keep it a secret because they didn't want it, any of those 8mm uh, <laughs> stalker fans no. out there to find out that they were making the secret. The film was a standalone thriller. It was shelved by the studio for a couple of years and then when they discovered that, you know... 8mm is popular of all the films to actually spin it off into an erotic thriller like yeah. the snuff film, the snuff film. <laughs> hey there's a sexy franchise you know what's sexy murder <laughs> yeah, that's right. so then they just they, they pump, pumped it out with 8mm too there's no 8mm film in it like there's none of that yeah but as a standalone film had it been the velvet side of hell I think it's not too bad but um <laughs> it's Jonathan um Czech you know who you love from, um, is it Forsaken? Desert Vampires, yep. Forsaken. Same director. Roadhouse 2. Yep. Same the director. Doom Generation. Uh, it's got um, Laurie Hurring. I think thing I'm you do. pronouncing that right. Bruce Davidson's in it. And Julie Benz is in it. At this point in time, Julie Benz had done the Buffy stuff. Right. And yet she's only in this in a really tiny role. So it was really odd that she'd pop up in it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, she was only really at the start of Buffy, wasn't she, Julie Benz? Maybe. She didn't get she she never really broke like I mean 
She kind of she kind of a, keeps popping up in things, but she's never a, really. But, but they seem to think she's bankable enough to put a name on a poster. On a poster, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway. I, I, maybe because of the Buffy stuff. Maybe, maybe because of eight million. But who knows? <laughs> who knows when it was actually shot? <laughs> yeah, when it was that is true. Uh, the story takes place in Budapest, and it's about a young couple <laughs> <laughs> traveling. Where to, to keep that budget low? Yeah, right. and it takes place there, and it's set there, set, which is yeah. good. At least they're not faking it. Um, but it's about a couple that uh, are visiting her parents. Her dad is a, an American ambassador. That's Bruce Davidson. And the Jonathan Czech character is um, kind of like a, a console to him. Sort of, you know, just a little bit of a flanky, if a you will. Consigliere. And they go, they go for a... Consigliere. This couple goes for a night on the town and they end up, as they do, in a threesome. A very steamy threesome at that. And then the very next day they receive a letter under the door and it's got photos of them in the threesome, and then they're blackmailed. But because the father is such a high-profile ambassador, they don't—they they want to avoid disgrace, so they go and track down the killer themselves, and that leads them into a whole network of underground porno and sex, and oh, you got sleazy directors, and that's where the eight millimeter—that's where the studio recognised the tie-in. It's got like pornography. It's not snuff, but it's pornography. But look, I kind of for a DTV movie that got shelved and then resurrected as a dumb sequel. It's pretty good. It's better than it should be. And the director, as I said, was um, J.S. Cadone, who did Forsaken Desert Vampires. But he also made a couple of really good ones. One called Slayer in the 80s. One called Thunder Alley and Shadow Zone. So he's got some really good films under his belt. Shadow Zone, I remember. Wasn't that a Charles Band? Kind of. Kind of. It looks like a Charles Band film. I don't know if it's like part of the Empire stuff. But you know what? You can also consider this a Christmas movie because the, uh, the final... Five minutes of this film is very, very Christmassy. So, ah. yeah, as we as we approach the Christmas season, you can add that to your Christmas festive list. There's nothing I like more than a good Christmas-themed erotic thriller. Yeah. <laughs> there should be more of them. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. So, 8mm 2. I, I, I mean, you can. where can you find this one? I think it is on YouTube. You can just watch it for free. Um, shouldn't be hard oh, to find. Perfect. Yep. Oh, no, you've got it on DVD, pretty sure. Well, I, th- I did. I don't know where it is. I went looking for it on DVD maybe and I had you, to resolve. Maybe you lent it to me. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you Roadhouse too. Uh, you certainly did. What a stinker that was. I've got to tell you, given my love for number twos, I don't think I would have gotten rid of this one. It must be in a box somewhere. But anyway, I found it on YouTube and watched it that way. Well, I'm going to talk about Mulholland Drive. Oh, it cool. kind of, I feel like it's the film that doesn't need to be recommended because if you know, you know, and mm. you've seen it already. Mm. But it, it's 2001, so it's over 20 years old, so why not? Look, tentatively, it could be considered an erotic thriller. It does have, like... <laughs> it's got if, the biggest nipples I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it does, with Laura Alina Herring, is, is in it as well, funnily enough. Uh, but um, it, like if you were holding a competi- competition for the most painful looking female masturbation scenes in film. It's going to be between Mulholland Drive, Naomi Watts <laughs> in Mulholland Drive and Sharon Stone in Slither. Yep. Yep. Uh, but this, it's, I can't even, you know, technically it's about uh, this, a, a woman uh, <laughs> c- crashes her car yep. and uh, loses her memory and then kind of, uh, Hangs out with, uh, then gets taken in by. No, it's Laura Elena Herring has this. Can't remember who she is. She gets taken in by Naomi Watts uh, until she can remember who she is, and then, it, then it just gets typically David Lynchian weird. Yep. And it, 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 very smart weird. This, but one. very smart weird, and it has some like fan, phenomenal 
set pieces. It does like no. This is kind of one of Naomi Watts's big kind of American breakout definitely films that kind of started her career in the US. She she did appear in stuff like Matinee and yeah, stuff but she flirted with the A list after this one. But this was the one that yep. kind of I think pushed her over the edge. And also Lisa Lackey from Home and Away appears. And in Marcus this. Graham. Marcus Graham appears. Um, it's all star cast, and it, this this is a weird one, especially because this actually started off as a it started life as a TV series. Yes, and then the TV series fell through, and they said we'll turn it into a film. So he mm. went and reshot all of the the erotic stuff, basically, mm-hmm. which makes you think, what the fuck was this show about <laughs> without that stuff in it? I know for a fact, and he's on the record saying that it's the same universe as Twin Peaks. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Laura Palmer's in it, if you pay attention. Yeah, right. In the cinema, when she's singing Silencio, you look at the audience, and Laura Palmer is sitting there. He's sitting there, yeah. Cheryl Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has... And also, there's that... There is a scene where um, a hitman comes to to bump someone off, and he shoots his gun, and it goes through the wall, and shoots the, the fat cleaning woman in the room next door. And there's <laughs> this whole... It's such a bizarre... Well, I mean, everybody knows that David Lynch films are weird. Typically, most of them yeah. are weird, right? And they're very fantasy-based. Uh, but this is the first time I can recall then and since that he's ever given you clues on how to work it out. So if you bought the DVD at the time, it comes with a checklist of things to pay attention to. Oh, I have that DVD somewhere. Or they, I did. And it makes the story make sense. Because I remember watching this many times. I was in film school at the time. I remember Roger Ebert went on a, a an American tour explaining this film to people and how it's a masterpiece and whatnot. Yeah. And then once I bought the DVD and I had these clues, it all made sense. Everything in the film just came together so nicely. Oh, I've got to check. I've got to yeah. hunt that down and, and give it another watch. He's notorious for not putting chapters on his DVDs, so he yeah. makes you watch it from start to yeah, finish. Yeah, that was. I remember that was the thing. Which you know, yeah. I like that. It was that was the. I don't think that's the same on the subsequent releases of the film on DVD or Blu-ray, but yeah. it was definitely on that first yep. US release at least. Yeah, no chapter points. Back when uh, directors had a bit of pull, these auteuristic directors had a lot of pull because Michael Mann insisted on widescreen even though most people didn't have widescreen TVs because you know, he wanted the integrity of the It's got black bounce at the top <laughs> and the bottom, Glenn. Make the picture really small. Shit. Yeah, they've cut the picture off. Um, and then David Lynch came along with this and I think a straight story as well. Like you cannot pause this. You, or you can pause it, but you can't, yeah. you can't, yeah, you can't come back to it. <laughs> but very, very different reasons for wanting to skip through straight story and uh, <laughs> Mulholland Drive. <laughs> but oh, what a movie. Mulholland Drive is wonderful. And it's, it's a great film about Hollywood as well mm-hmm. because in the film, Naomi Watts is an actress auditioning for roles and she does this great audition for a... I think for like a low budget erotic thriller mm-hmm. seeming thing where she, on the first run through, she, they kind of do it one way. And then the second video, she vamps it up the second, the second run through. And it is, it is an amazing transformation. And it really, that's what I think that, that scene is mm. why yep. she kind of took off because it is, it, she gives this amazing performance. Totally. It's interesting, like, as I said, he has said it's the same universe as Twin Peaks and yet the little midget guy is in both films Isn't as a that? different character. But that doesn't make... I mean, they're weird, they're weird anyway. His, his stuff is weird in, in both. <laughs> it could be like a twin. Yeah. <laughs> you never know where that fits in. Awesome choice, mate. I love David Lynch. Um, that's that's top three all-time David Lynch films for me. Like, considering I think this was his one... I thought this is his... Like, if you're... If you're not familiar with David Lynch mm. films and you haven't seen like Blue Velvet is obviously 
you know, a big entry point film, but Mulholland Drive as well, much more so than Lost Highway, which I think yep. was the one before it, or Wild at Heart. See, Lost, see, I put Lost Highway and Firewalk with me and Mulholland Drive into the same box. Like they're equally as weird, but Mulholland Drive then does that little uh, blue velvet thing where it's easily accessible because the story is kind of easy to get into. But there's also, it's also much more so than, than the other ones. Is Mulholland Drive has a lot of great standalone bits that, a part of the whole, yep. but when you talk about it after, you're talking about like Silencio, yeah, totally. the weird masturbation yeah. scene, the audition <laughs> the cowboy. scene, the cowboy. Like, yeah. what's the name is in it too? Um, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> yeah, right. pops up. Justin Theroux mm. was kind of, I think that was the first movie I ever mm. you know, saw him in anything. It was the first time you know I ever saw him in something. And he gets the shit kicked out of him by Billy Ray Cyrus, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then came Inland Empire, and it's like, what the yeah. fuck? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one. That was re- the most inaccessible of all these it, films. That was Mulholland Drive on speed. Yeah, <laughs> just and three hours long. Yeah, although, and I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong, Lost Highway has a few of those moments too, like that car, the the car, what's it called, tailgating scene mm-hmm. is amazing, and the oh, I love I'm it. That's your, one of my top three. I'm at your house right now. Give me a call and see. The way I look at Lost Highway, it is pure nightmare on film. Yeah. Like it is a nightmare. Um, I haven't seen There's it. some sexy sex in a movie. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. And, and look, to be honest, I haven't. I saw it I saw it at the Astor. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first time I ever saw it. And I haven't seen it since. Richard Pryor's last film. I feel like I need to. Was it? I thought his last film was Trigger Happy because he's in the wheelchair. He's in the he's, wheelchair in this as well. He's uh, Jimmy the Gravedigger. Mm. Jimmy the Gravedigger's boy. Okay, well, maybe maybe it's one. that. But I don't know, I, I always, it could be. I always yeah. thought it was this. Um, anyway, there we go. That's an awesome recommendation to bring us to the end of the show, mate. Uh, yes. Are you done? Thank you. Oh, I'm just having a look at, uh, <laughs> at what's his name to see what his last film was. <laughs> okay. We better which, fact which check is, that before we wrap up. Oh. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It makes no difference. I'm just curious as to... They're it, probably made in the same year. It does to the listeners. Uh... You've teased them. No, you're right. Lost Highway 97, Trigger Happy 96. There you go. But then he was in an episode of The Norm Show in 99. Now that's (laughs) the way to go. That's the way to go out. Oh, well, thank you for listening to this very sexy episode. Um, The desk is a little bit, I guess, more elevated than it was. Yeah, you just have to put put a bit of paper in under the legs (laughs) to raise it up. And a little bit down the front of the pants to absorb. (laughs) About that wet patch. I'm wearing, oh I'm wearing uh, the shorts I'm wearing today were the shorts that I took overseas uh, on my on my holiday, and I didn't realize how sensitive to liquid they are. Like they, <laughs> like it really shows up. Like yeah. my other shorts, which I didn't take, you don't see anything. If you spill a bit of water on you, it, 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 they're dark blue. This These means, are like grey. This, this means extra shaking. And this is a yeah. If there's a wet patch, it is. It was always a problem coming out of the toilet too. You like you get a bit of splashback, mate. Yes, this looks horrible. Take a leaf out of my book. Always black. Yeah. Always black. Always black. <laughs> that's as Wesley Snipes says, always bit on black. <laughs> it's another it's a, it's not a it's not a it's not a great good movie Monday episode unless we can somehow reference Passenger fifty seven Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, why didn't they do Passenger sixty nine if erotic thrillers, you know? That would have been great. I mean, it's the same cast. <laughs> Could have had the same cast. Bruce Payne, Yancey yeah. Butler. Perfect. Is it Nancy Butler? Uh, no, she's in Drop Zone. Travis? Is it Nancy Travis? Is Who's she in the. There? I, I, what's his name is? Uh, Elizabeth Hurley is. Yeah, that's right. The pre. 
I don't know what work, what judging that she 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 done. <laughs> oh, pre work though. Like she had like the big bushy eyebrows and yeah. the and the long hair. She's cut still and British stuff. then. She was still like you know, it's just still very attractive. Nice but bit of crumpet, then, they'd say. <laughs> then something happened, and she, and she got divine a, brown. That's what happened. She got a haircut. She she got her everything trimmed, and she put on that safety pin dress and became this international sensation. Yeah, uh, and happened. then the, then divine brown happened. <laughs> Go to goodmoviemonday.com and as we said at the start of the show, go to our social medias, give us a like, a share, a follow, a comment, all that good stuff. Um, that's it, Ben. Another one in the can. I'm going to take us out with uh, a song from another nine and a half weeks. Also, Brian Ferry, Love is a Drug. Who doesn't love this? I'll see you next week, Ben. See you next week. Yeah.